Happy New Year, Nick. Happy New One to you, my friend. What's happening? Good day today. Been out on um, our mutual friend's boat. Have you? Loved it. Absolutely loved it. What? I had a lot of work to do, but it's been raining here in Wales for the last sort of six weeks. Southwesterly winds every single day, and we had a little bit of sunshine. I was meant to be doing a lot of marking, EMFs please work. Um, and I had an invite to go and join our mutual mate Tom on his new boat. And uh, yeah, it was per- it was lovely. There's this, this thing called the sun in the sky. It's amazing. <laughs> and I just thought it was summer. It was quite cold. But we, yeah, we had, we had a little pool round and dropped me off at Tusker Rock, which is about, how far offshore is that? Uh, about 2K-ish. Yeah, cluster of rocks offshore with this really, really scary bell ringing boy yeah. jumped off obviously it had to have the picture on there uh, and then swam back so swam 2k back uh, that's kind of Porth Colway, isn't it yeah back to the harbour um bit choppy some great debris a few logs to go past um but good how about you what, what was your saturday Saturday, so I've been out with the family. Um, we went up to Gessley and Tom Pentra, where we did some climbing outdoors. So he's, he's playing this down. He's shown me the pictures. <laughs> These look scary. Yeah, it's a good crag. So we do a lot of bouldering and a lot of climbing, like sport climbing as a family. So um, it is cold and it was definitely cold up in the valleys. But we saw that same fabled sun. And, um, you know, parked up and hiked up the, the side of the mountain to a, a crag that kind of overlooks that whole valley uh, sort of above Tonopandi um, and spent about four hours climbing, uh, freezing our fingers. Yeah, but I don't understand how you hold on. And it's so cold. Yeah, no so gloves. It's a funny one. There's good friction, but, you know, you can't really feel, especially the first couple of couple of routes, you can't really feel the rock because your hands are so cold and warming up. So you just sort of uh, blindly uh, hold on and, and, and pull yourself up. <laughs> so this is very exciting. This is our first interview podcast. Who are we interviewing? We are interviewing Grant Zahetmeyer of the infamous Dawnstalkers. Dawnstalkers are famously known for their community-based dipping down in Penarth, so South Wales coast. Really exciting because that community's grown. We've obviously gone past and done swims there, and we've seen the community grow over the last few years. Really interesting stories from Grant. Um, I mean, Dawn Stores is massive now. It's got its own beer. It's yeah. got its own festivals. they got sauna. What haven't they got? They've got showers. Yeah, they, they have gone from, like, a handful of, like people dipping around kind of lockdown time and you know at times now they attract almost 100 people to panath beach and they always um as their name suggests dip and swim in the sea at dawn year round year round yeah. i mean i sometimes I look at them going how are you doing this we're in like full ninja neoprene suits they're just in their bikinis nips out Nips are out and they are bloody solid. Yeah, fair play. They are not their nips, that is. Yeah, Well, they are as well, yeah. And do you know what? Like, we know Grant and he's part of our kind of extended community here in South Wales. We thought he'd be a perfect person to dive right in with episode number one. Here we go. 
welcome. I'm Nick. Chrysler, I'm Bryce. You're listening to Swim Roots, an open water swim podcast. So it's 6th of Jan, so I was in the sea about 7.15 on the beach from about 6.30. It was a busy one because the sunrise was epic. Winter sunrise is beautiful. It's the first time we've had sun in so long. Yeah. (laughs) Winter holidays have been pretty miserable, right? I forgot what it looked like. What's this golden thing in the sky? We did fool ourselves a little bit by having a sauna on the sea for the winter holidays. I think all of our cold habituation has been ruined. So tell us about a bit about yourself, Grant. Like, uh, you know, where did you grow up? I was actually born in Scotland, so I'm not technically Welsh, although I have a fairly decent uh, quarter Welsh heritage. And, and actually, probably the, the strongest roots are Irish, really, so... Um. So I'm a plastic Scotsman, uh, live in Wales. I was brought up in Penarth, but lived abroad a bit as a kid. My dad was a civil engineer, so got to see some different cultures and different parts of the world. Lived in hot places where you got to wander around fairly freely and spend a lot of time at the beach, actually, <laughs> oddly. Yeah, and, that, and so you, you grew up in Penarth, kind of? Uh, mo- kind of, yeah. So, I'm, I'm mostly, I went to school here. Um and, yeah, as I said, lived in uh, Bahrain for three years and lived in the West Indies for three years before that. Did swimming come into any of that or going to the beach? I mean, growing up, was that a part of your life? So li- living in, in the West Indies, for sure. Um, I know we live on an island, but we're talking an island that you could, you know, walk around in a, in a decent day. So spent a lot of time at the beach as a, as a kid, for sure. Um, so generally living in Penarth growing up I lived near the sea so but I don't think I really appreciated what was what was there um really the, the sort of reconnection was was locked down spent all my time down there I mean this is interesting like I know you Grant through another life and Nick I know you from another life and over the last sort of however many years recently I've actually now gotten to know both of you again through the sea and through a shared connection with the sea so that's quite interesting isn't it like how I think we almost might not have carried on being friends had it not been without this shared kind of sort of later in life strong relationship with the sea so when did you first start that relationship Grant like you've just mentioned lockdown I think that was a big thing for a lot of people you know tell us a little bit more about how that happened for you. So it starts a little bit pre-lockdown. So um, I had a fairly um, decent house fire and we'd moved back to Penarth. Um, Lola, my daughter, was at the time five. So it was five years ago. She's just turned 10. And it, it really fortunate we got back into Penarth because my parents moved. So we moved back into my family home and um, the fire effectively gutted the inside. So had a fairly um, uh, difficult experience, came out through the, f- the roof of the fire brigade. And then 
had to to move out, so I went to live with uh, live in my uh, live in my parents' house with a five year old, two geriatric cats, and a and a puppy. So the people who come down the seafront have met Dexter. That was that was Dexter. So I was going through quite a hard time um, post fire. I was dealing with a load of stuff. I was doing quite a lot of uh, personal development, and we had a dog that wanted to shit on their cream carpets. So I'd get up early and go out, and I'd. And like really fortunately, we we live and they live even closer to the seafront. So I was walking that section in loops. I tend to do some of the sort of support calls I was doing on personal development at that time in the morning. So it sort of all tied in and that became my structure. And then 10 months later, when we got to move back to our house, uh, my routine's kind of changed. It's just, you know, the, the slightly different location, that bit further from the seafront or whatever. Didn't have to walk the dog so early. Um, so routine's changed. And then lockdown kind of reconnected that. So um, our friend Peter with uh, Stoll Coffee and his bike went down and did a sunrise coffee sort of, not really a club, he was just going down there for sunrise. And it, it gave a gave a reason to be there. So I was out walking the dog back kind of forced and spending more time out of the house because we were in it so much and started connecting that loop again you know kind of stood looking at the sea for quite long periods of the day and then add that to kind of I guess social media connections on through lockdown Um, I started following a, a sort of movement called dawn days which was a load of kind of outdoors type and surf photographers and filmmakers that all got sent home during lockdown and home wasn't really home because they were you know just kind of digital nomads uh, and wondered what the fuck to do with themselves and uh, started paddling out the blue hour and taking these just beautiful um photographic and filmic um shots of you know pre-dawn water at dawn sun you know the the, the light through the sea and i I connected with that because I was spending so much time at the seafront and also wondered well how does I don't have the equipment or perhaps the skill set to do some of that but what you know how how do I interact with that and I and I guess again through personal development there was a lot of stuff that I thought you know I'm not good enough for that I I can't do that but I wondered how do I connect and and a few people you know including some of the guys from the Dawn Days project uh, in fact Rich won't remember this probably, but during his row, um, he, he matches something really specifically that stuck with me about um, the, the belief about what you can output and, and how you can occur is it's all it's all with you. So, you know, I was creating the not good enough, can't contribute, who am I to deserve to say anything type narrative, and I got bored of it. So I thought, well, let's just crack on and see what happens, and more people came. The idea of getting in the sea from you know, seeing the odd person in the sea and Wim Hof and trying cold showers, which I thought were fucking awful. You know, what do you do next? Well, I'll, the, the seafront's there. I'll go get in it. And people took notice. And Do you think they took notice because you were dipping in Panas? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's brown. So the Seven Estuary has a lot of silt in it and it's it's, it's brown. As it turns out, the, the, the water quality report now suggests that actually the water's a bit cleaner than many people thought. There's, de- there's definitely a stigma we're getting in at Panath. I know when we've got in at Panath, people have said, oh, you can't you can't go in from there. They, you know, you'll die if you go in the water there. You know, we've had that. So I guess to see you lot going in the water, a lot of onlookers are thinking, what is going on there? Yeah. 
I think so. There was certainly some interest. There was the time of year, so I started consistently. Um, was it sort of December 2020? I'd got in a couple of times, and then consistently as part of Dry January for January 21. You know, there were a couple of people who were good photographers. Stolkowski being one of them, they were down there. It gave something interesting to kind of photograph and talk about. We all know cold water. You know, the, the buzz is real. So you get out of the water and you get quite enthusiastic. I also talk to everyone. So, you know, <laughs> being amiable, chatting to people and being, you know, high after getting out of getting out of the sea, <laughs> it's sort of a, it's a compelling concoction if you're actually interested in chatting to people. And I probably pissed a few people off as well. For people who don't know what the Dawn Stalkers is. Who is Dawn and why are you stalking her? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, the, I mean, the, the premise is, is it's a call to action to go and do something different, perhaps start your day in a different way. Uh, and essentially, we do that by getting in the sea at sunrise or just before uh, every day of the year. And, you know, there's a lot of bravado in that. And there's uh, my wife, Beth, you know, I think we're starting to get a bit pissed off with me disappearing for hours every morning and and kind of said you're just a bunch of fucking door stalkers and, and, I've, and i'm pretty sure that was a word that had been used for like very late nights when the sun started to come up um so so <laughs> rather than take your wife's hint and maybe stop going every day to the beach at sunrise you decided to build an entire movement out of it <laughs> 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 interesting i'd never looked at it quite like that <laughs> i'll suggest he doesn't watch this <laughs> are you still married <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> okay <laughs> i think we i think you know i think you know we always had quite a yin yang relationship so it, it works and again the whole platforms are based a bit around that as well so you know there is some dark and light there's some humor and some dark humor and Pirate bravado and it's all smoke and mirrors and bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but how do you manage to get down every day? Because most times we're down there and we're definitely not down there every day. I mean, what we do is quite nice that we don't have to do it every day. We have a little bit of a break, but you're down there all the time. How, how do you manage that? I say I'm 97%, so I, I probably drop a day a month. And <laughs> Again, this is going to. We're building a case for divorce here, but uh, <laughs> the, the the rest of my household don't like getting up. They don't like getting up that early. So, okay, and, and particularly in the middle of the summer, you can you can be out for sunrise and spend three hours out and be back before anyone else wakes up. So, like Nick just mentioned, I mean, we we swim in very similar areas to you, South Wales, a little bit in Penarth, you know, Barry, further west. Um, well, you at least start in, you start in similar places and then you <laughs> epic swimmers. They're ATB swims. We do, you know, it's, it's kind of more of a fitness exercise thing as well as, you know, sort of having positive mental kind of health parts to it. But uh, we get breaks. So we we swim probably in winter at least twice a week in summer three maybe four times a week but they're kind of longer distances so we need breaks between that so for us motivation is you know we don't we don't always want to go in and get in but we do um but we also have that that break from that kind of constant daily thing where we can go and do other things and we can we can kind of revolve our swimming diary around other activities 
whereas yours is every day, you know. So do you feel the pressure now with the Dawnstalkers being what it is? Do you feel the pressure to be there every day? Like, or do you still really enjoy it? I mean, how much motivation does it really kind of need for you to sustain that? So I think it's, it's I've, liked, I've built myself my own accountability because there's an expectation that I'm there. And I don't, there was a period where I'd been very consistent. So I'd done quite a lot of days in a row and, and, and someone said, take a day off because you're counting numbers now. And, yeah. and that was quite early on. So, you know, we were, we were well over a hundred days, but nowhere near a thousand. Um, and I'm really glad that I didn't chase the number. Um, yeah. And probably even, even year two, if I took a day off, I got, I'm not, I don't think I got shit for it, but it, it, the, the whole platform is designed to like poke fun in friendship. So, but people, you know, people, I tell people to call me out and they do. I felt the need to be there. I mean, part of, so my sobriety journey went alongside beginning to, to get and see. Um, so there was certainly elements of pressure to be there. There is, you know, there's, there's days when you sort of lie in bed, you wake up, think, I'll snooze the alarm for 10 minutes. And it's very rare that I don't actually just get up and I can't tell you what that is and why I sit up and get out of bed. But it, it's got to be something to do with what's going down, what's going on down at the seafront. No, but I can take a holiday and I can go elsewhere without feeling too much guilt. <laughs> I get that with what you said about counting numbers. I understand that because I have that kind of, OCD approach where like every swim's got to be over 2k you know I've got to do a minimum of 20k a month uh whatever season it is you know and I kind of feel like I sort of beat myself up if we don't do that which forces me probably for at least the last three years to have not gone below any of those numbers um but I think it's, it's a really difficult thing isn't it because go on it's horrible yeah because I I look back at say a year and I go, oh, one year I went over 400K or whatever. And then another year I'm like, oh, I did like 367. That, okay, whatever. And then I'm like, what oh, but I? that's I'm that's like, oh, I'm letting myself down. But I've definitely had to have words with myself about that because that's stupid. You know, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because I enjoy it. Because like you, I've got a real close-knit group of friends that I enjoy hanging out with that we all do that on the same level and we sort of all enjoy it for the same reasons we have the same approach and like yourself I kind of thrive off that my community is much smaller revolves <laughs> about six of us in total <laughs> generally with then an extended family outside of that circle but yeah, I'm just an addict right that's what that's what it is <laughs> like, you talk about the exit sobriety is <laughs> addictive personalities I fully I think both of us Nick I I know you have that as well, and I certainly have. But that. not with the numbers. I'm just anti-numbers, man. I quite like winding you up with not going 2K, and it just breaks you mentally. I can see. You <laughs> but isn't that just a, that's just to kind of like hit off Bryce's energy and see if you can like chip away? <laughs> yeah. Well, recently, recently we had we were we turned up a couple of months ago, and he had to be. I don't know. He was. I don't know what you were worried about. Maybe you had to be somewhere or worried that we like we had the timing wrong or something. He was like, oh, should we just do this one point instead? And I was like, no. <laughs> Why would we do that? <laughs> like, we're just going to get down there and get on with it and swim quicker. And you're like, you can still get to work. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, it's not a good thing, but you know we can laugh about it. <laughs> so that's my wife, my work, and your wife not watching this. <laughs> but it's, I mean, all, but all these numbers and the like, the all or nothing, and it is, it's, it, it's almost why sometimes you don't want to commit to things because you think you're going to get stuck, or, or at least so fixated that if it doesn't work out. But yeah, on the other hand, if you don't have kind of some kind of goal, then. Yeah, you know you've got nothing to reach for, so it's uh, I, I, just, I see it as a really it, yeah. particularly when it's something that you want to do. It, it's not like something you want to tick off. It's like I want to keep doing this sustainably for myself. I'm really interested in the obviously you said 97. percent So there is there any condition or any time of year or anything that you just is a no no and it is like a bugbear or something, just a real challenge for you to get down. What's that three percent? Why? Why does that stop you? Is it? I think to know that it's it's not weather related. Although the platform doesn't swim under a red weather warning, I said that carefully. Yeah, <laughs> so we don't we don't promote swimming when there's a red weather warning. You know, I guess if there was an epic sewage spill, I'm well. I say, well, I've gotten to see pretty much every day and never got ill. I'm not trying to get ill. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think I did get misquoted by a paper saying I um, swallowed sewage. It, like the water smelled tangy one morning and it didn't taste quite right. I don't think that's quite the same thing, but they did put it in quote marks. So. Just going back on, you've mentioned it a couple of times, kind of sobriety being a thing, yeah. and obviously for you, uh, dawn stalking and dipping, and it is a big part of your sobriety journey. Do you mind talking a little bit more about that? Not, not at all. Um, you know, if you look at dopamine as the river of life, which I think I think it was Andrew Huberman said they called it that, and he probably paraphrases other people, but in terms of it being the kind of um, life force, you know, I certainly chased highs. So alcohol probably not a particularly problem for me, but it was a gateway to doing every everything else, and and I chased festival experiences, and. I think got older, stopped going out so much. And, uh, nightclubs don't really do it for me anymore. It was it was it was that sort of um, experience in a field, um, kind of expansive, um, locked in for a weekend. And yeah, I was looking for those experiences at home, and 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 slowly not finding them, and actually getting bored and more reclusive. Uh, and I was noticing that even during those experiences and and was looking for an alternative really i was searching and it really you know i say happy accidents you could say divine intervention but the sea cold water community and element of coffee doing it at the opposite times of the day it literally was a substitute and and those things all built organically but i effectively swapped one for the other uh, and, and and actually, to, next to go back to the, the 97% is, is so I I was, and, I, and again, seeing a bit of the all or nothing. So like having to be at seafront every day. And and so I've I've played with 97% sobriety as well. So I've taken uh, year three, I've taken four festival weekends off effectively and gave myself the freedom to yeah have some of those experiences the same way I did previously. And, and then get straight back on it and get back in the sea. 
And that's there is basically you're talking about balance, aren't you? It's like trying to find that balance because too much of one or too much of the other can send you too far down that hole, whatever that hole is. Yeah, balance is really important, isn't it? You know, um, and balancing your vices with what makes you tick and what keeps you on a positive path. I, I can completely relate to that. I, I hadn't. I guess I, w- I wouldn't have necessarily seen it as balance, and and I'm still playing with what that balance looks like. And I guess it'll be a. It's a, it's almost a forever unfolding, and I totally get why. There's you know there's a big sober movement now, and you see a lot of preachy outputs. The wrong it's the wrong word, but there's there's kind of a pedestal output, and I totally get why people are like that because it, there's a self fulfilling element to it. So it's positive helping other people and it's positive talking about it. And there's also the refulfillment to yourself that you're doing the right thing. And it just, you know, and I think that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, and it's not, it's not me because I don't have a social output in that way. So yeah, I'm trying to, or at least I'm, I'm finding a balance. It's interesting you say about uh, you flip the vices for the morning time, you know, you've got that dopamine hit in the morning it must have been hard to almost by the night then the night comes around when usually the vices that you used to have would come around the strength required then to to not fall back into that <laughs> oh i was really tired nick <laughs> in, the, in the middle of summer i was knackered <laughs> in the middle of summer it's like a 4 a.m start <laughs> yeah yeah <He's> in bed. <laughs> yeah you touched on it earlier about um you know, going swimming in bad conditions and that sort of stuff. That's a really interesting point. So the Dawnstalkers now, from what we've seen, sometimes you have five, ten people turn up. Um, obviously the hardcore in the winter uh, and, and some of those more challenging mornings. But in the summer, you've had about 100 people turn up, you know, on those real beautiful days. Yeah. And, that, and actually this morning, so we're midwinter, we were well over 100 this morning. Wow. That's really interesting. You've got a lot of like first timers turning up. You've got like people who travel, who are experienced. You've got people who turn up every day. How do you manage that many people? Like, do you feel a responsibility towards those people, especially when they turn up en masse? Like, I'm interested on how that works with you guys. Yeah, I think we've we've broken down some barriers for people to show up. So it's quite accessible in terms of you can drive in. Having huge numbers and sort of managing or mitigating risk, I suppose, we don't all get in at once. We sort of tend to use a slipway or, or the chip pipe, as it's known, which is the uh, CSO, the combined sewage outflow, <laughs> when it's low tide. But that's so the relatively <laughs> tight access points. So we never got in on mass, and I think that is positive for kind of supporting people because you it doesn't create absolute carnage as you all get into the water. That's that's the one bit. People tend to sort of get in in small groups. So, and we've cultivated a, a kind of mentality of supporting each other. And I think you know most dip groups, swim groups clubs would support each other in the same way uh we certainly the first time we hit 100 had a bit of a meltdown we've had parking issues we've had some fairly serious issues not necessarily from actually getting in the sea but at the at the the shore and can you tell us about some incidents 
some some good juicy incidents that have happened and scary <laughs> moments. Come on. I mean, I've nearly the, the the dog's been caught in the in the current. And so Panas got a very, you know, it's got a, it's got the second largest, or at least Seven Asteroids got the second largest tidal range in I think the world. Um, so we get a very strong left or right current. We don't really have a riptide in inside that sort of the sort of area that people tend to dip. I know you guys go out a bit further, so there probably are some different things going on, on out in the channel. You're not going to get swept out. You're going to get, you're going to have to walk back. So you get swept one way or the other. So we've had the odd person who've, who's not been able to swim back to where they started, get out and walk. The dogs start to disappear off towards Cardiff Bay and we've had to fish them out. Bags left on the beach and no one can see a swimmer. And we've had the odds people slipping over in pebbles and you know, injuries like that. And we've also had a lot of support from, you know, liaison with the RNLI, looking at throw line training and just looking at how you sort of mitigate risk and, you know, how you support each other to enjoy what we're doing, but not do it completely stupidly. So, you know, for instance, when there's a red weather warning, you know, if there's been high winds and it's a high tide, there's there could be debris in the sea. And that's, you know, something I guess to start with, we hadn't really thought about, but the currents bring some big ass bits of shit down the channel. You've probably bumped into a couple of things out in the <laughs> out in the middle, haven't you? I in my channel swim from Panath to Clevedon, I managed to swim into the only six foot log that was seen floating in the channel that day and swam into it head first right in the middle of, of it all and um i failed to see the uh warning waves and shouts from the safety boat and headbutted <laughs> it about three or four hours into a swim which was fun but yeah you're right like everything you've said that you know panath is very strong uh tidal currents you know yeah we've got the, the second highest tidal range in the world next to canada i believe and the sheer amount of water which is filling up the channel and emptying out the channel every six hours is huge, you know, can be on a big spring tide up to 15 metres. So, yeah, it's no it's no kind of laughing matter. But like you said, it's lateral. So you'll feel yourself very easily being swept one way or the other, but not out. Um, and I mean, that can be really scary for people that don't know what to expect. And let's face it, 99% of people do not know what to expect. Yeah. And I think the, the platform has, you know, again, I've talked about the Barado and the, the, the light and dark. We are quite pushy in terms of a call to action, but you know, we'll sort of say, well, you know, we'll, we'll pull you in, but we'll bowl your hand while we do it. I think, and I don't, I don't mean pull you in the sea, but you know, the, the, the call to action is to get people there, but we are going to support people when they get there and explain kind of what to expect how it works and 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 i guess if you know someone is nervous or not a strong swimmer there are certain times where we would suggest they don't get in have you, have you had any personal personal moments where you were scared or you know any times you thought shit i fucked up here I've done a couple of swims in Panath where I've just realised that the people I'm swimming with have a much greater ability than I do. And I've kind of, again, the bravado's got me so far and then I'm <laughs> no longer keeping track with them and getting swept off in the other direction. And while probably personal safety isn't a massive issue, um, the you know ability and knowledge are being questioned at that point. Um, 
you know, and it's how people get into trouble is you start to get, you know, the, the, the demons come into the back of your head. You start to get a little bit scared. That peer starts approaching fast and suddenly you think, shit, I'm in the wrong place. Rub it, get a barnacle, bite, and you're bleeding. And then <laughs> you're thinking perhaps uh, I was, you know, it was better off I wasn't here. Um, <laughs> I, I think actually the, the place I got the most into trouble was uh, was was not swimming, but was um, getting in the river in uh, Val d'Isere. Uh, and and that, like what you're talking about there, there's a lot of it is about awareness and local knowledge. Like, one glove doesn't fit all when it comes to the sea. There's so much. There's so much information. Okay, there's a there's a baseline information which, depending on your location, your area affects the whole area. So you know, if you look at the south coast of Wales and the way the tide moves in and out of the Bristol Channel that affects that whole area. However, then when you localize that information to, okay, Panath or Barry or Sully, um, and those places are only like, say, five, 10 miles apart, you know, even just in that small stretch there, you've got completely different rules on the actual beach. And that, those things are created by the headlands, by the bays. You have bays which are protected. You have bays which are exposed to the currents. You have headlands which create back eddies and all sorts of stuff going on. So that there, it's like that local knowledge, isn't it? And I guess for you guys, the important thing is just making people aware of what to expect when they step into the sea at Panath, you know, especially if you can tell that somebody's kind of fresh and keen, but inexperienced. Well, you've got to say, you know, your branding is on point. It's really good. You've got a good name, you know, you've got a good logo and your social media is also spot on. You know, tell us a bit about that. How did these things come about? Obviously, you started out where you started and it kind of evolved into this bigger thing. But now there are kind of more of you involved. You've got a really good photographer who's quite prolific at taking photos of people who turn up and making them look like rock stars. You know, is how much of that was, was naturally evolved and how much of it do you actually focus on? So, it all, I mean, it was all relatively organic. So our photographer, James Richardson Halfwit, he was coming down and interacting with the community and at some point thought it might be fun to keep documenting it and then did it once and went, I think I'm going to add this to my daily routine. So there was kind of a perfect storm of people looking to do things and connect uh, that really supported the platform. Um, our designer, our graphic designer, Steve, he took kind of the beginning of my ideas and then just totally transformed them into what you see now. And again, met him swimming. All of our relationships that really work have happened by happy accident chatting at the seafront. That's how we decide whether something's right or wrong. You know, if it if it's fitted and seemed natural and kind of happened almost by accident, then it's probably right. And if it's too contrived, then it's it's not for us. I still don't know why I've got a team of people who are happy to show up at meetings and do stuff with me. And yet they keep coming and it's that, you know, that part's just magic. And it, it, I think each person has created their, no, their own narrative about what it means to them. There's so many amazing little stories that we'd love to get some of those characters on here as well to, to share that. How, how many people are involved? In, and also, are you set up as some sort of community group like a CIC or anything like that? Not currently. We are due to be and we've kept... Uh, I am the root cause of that. That there's an element of wanting it to be right, not to 
mess it up. There's also a, a I guess, fear of structure or letting go of things has meant that we've never quite turned ourselves into a, a an official entity. And and I think we've looked at charity status, we've looked at CIC model, um, and I think probably CIC is the way we'll end up. And for a while I went, actually, who are we to be a charity of any forms? You know, what we're not deserving of being a charity is because effectively the, 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 the core part of what we do is free and we'll carry on being free. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, a lot of people would say that they probably see the Dawnstalkers and your, you know, that community that meet in Panath every morning as being a really positive part of their mental health. Many people would actually attribute that. Okay, maybe they're attributing cold water dipping or whatever, improving their mental health. But ultimately, people like a community people like to join in people feel more motivated by doing something as a group or many people do anyway and undoubtedly the Dawnstalkers have been a really big part of that for a lot of people so you say that you're not helping people I, you know maybe you didn't just say that but you're kind of giving off the impression that like who are we you know but you are making a big positive impact on a lot of people's lives yeah, I, I get that there's, you know, there's some development for me in that area. It's, it's a, it's a block that I'm creating. And actually, being an entity gives us an opening to to speak to, you know, businesses and look at funding. That's, it's not, it's not directly a, a, a charity. It's a, it's a support mechanism and a, and a, an opportunity for um, others to support you. I guess I really want it to be right. It's like another layer of pressure, maybe. Yeah, rigidity maybe. So I've, I, I quite like not doing what I'm told. It's that pirate attitude that you guys put out there, isn't it, with the Dawnstalkers? I like that, you know? <laughs> I guess the the humour in that is actually we are an organisation and we've got a committee and we've got a group of people. So all of it's already there. I just don't want it to be called that because then it seems, you know, official. <laughs> you, you mentioned about... Um sort of light and dark and also touched on addiction oh obviously if we're talking about social media has that ever become an issue you know social media addiction having to be everything's run through instagram has that ever been an issue for you i feel that it you know like reposting people and that interaction sort of reinforces the small bit of interaction we've had at the beach so it occurs like a, a requirement to keep feeding and while i see it as a mechanism that's created some really positive connection yeah there's certainly a balance for me is is how ongoingly particularly as the platform you know that specific part of the platform grows how do we make it sustainable because you know i get there's also an element of belief as would would anyone else do that particularly if it was their kind of job it looks like a job it looks like a full-time job uh, the, the simple answer is, is there's, you know, there probably there is an element that's going to have to be considered at some point, probably in the relatively near future, because the the projects and the things that, I, that I'd like to take on and the platforms take on will require some input, which will mean I'll have to take it away from somewhere else. Can you tell us a bit about those projects? So we've got the the, the sauna um, that was at the seafront as a winter pop up. Um, so we're looking to um, see how we can get something like that Panasi front permanently. Um, we're interacting with a number of sort of well-being festivals um, and um, mental health and well-being show. Um, so looking to kind of curate a certain amount of the spaces, provide something that sits within those spaces. And we've also just started a collaboration with the 
the tuning room in Cardiff Bay to put on some brasswork events on a monthly basis with them. So it's sort of playing into some of the strengths that we've already got and some of the things we've already been doing. Uh, and then also we would really like a base of some form. So some form of community space, ideally in Panath near the seafront, uh, there is a community space that we're interacting on at the moment and, and kind of looking at you know, how could we bring more of the kind of well-being and community, but into a space that we inhabit during the day. Yeah, we, we, experienced your sauna you know experience uh, is the word it was great you know we <laughs> went for a swim we swam panath to so timed it well so that we could get in there as soon as you were kind of open on your opening day um i might like to add you know i know that you say that you kind of you could fit 11 people in there but i think there are about six of us but if you've ever seen tom who swims with us and also to be fair nikki are both absolute units so trying to squeeze anyone else in with these guys in a sweaty sauna i think there were five of us and it felt full um, but uh, lot sweaty I'm, men. i'd slip down the drain i'm pretty skinny but yeah it was amazing it was it was really good and there were people just loving it in in the cold sea in the hot sauna in the cold sea in the hot sauna so fair play also, you didn't charge, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you ran this as a, you know, you book book online um, over the Christmas New Year period. Uh, I don't think you charged anyone for that. Like, how do you feel about monetizing the Dawnstalkers? So uh, you, you know that we've got some merch and we've got some great branding. So having something that people can buy into i quite quickly got over myself in terms of charging for stuff because it allowed people to connect and buy into it like the brand and i wanted to create some form of brand streetwear type thing since i was a kid i think probably you know again we talked about how do i feel in terms of my own value and and who am i to put this stuff out and then then i had a purpose for it so that that kind of came out with with some merch looking at monetizing a lot of people ask me quite early on like when you're going to charge start charging people to get in the sea um and i thought that was ridiculous but i got their point mental health is is at the moment such a kind of buzzword and it adds a whole level of you know the opportunity to market and charge for things and there's so many things that we can do that are completely free so that's always got to be our base point but also things have to energetically support themselves and, and stuff costs money. So it can't always be free. You know, if you believe that money is energy, that these things need to energetically support themselves and it needs to be cyclical, but they're not projects to out and out make profit or profiteer off the community that's already at the seafront. And I'm always really conscious of that. And, you know, that almost becomes a block sometimes is I'm so rigid one way that it probably stops the opportunity to ask for support money or help in the right places at the right time because uh, I'm overly conscious of of not yeah doing that kind of profiteering we want to plunder we're pirates now <laughs> <laughs> yeah I get that like but people want to support a good thing it's just doing it the right way isn't it like people want to buy a cool t-shirt with a sick logo you know and they they also a lot of people identify as you know open water swimmer a dipper, a dawn stalker, you know, it, it's it's a part of a gang, isn't it? Yeah, so that, that's absolutely important. Yeah, I guess it's, it's ongoingly when we put other things on, it's how do you make it a balance of being accessible and open to all, yet still support itself. And, you know, cause we put events on that have wiped their own face. We've put some that have run at a loss and we've put some that have, have made money and it kind of all balances out. 
it's amazing that how you've cultivated that community. It's always so welcoming. I mean, <laughs> if we're laughing because we this is a while back now. Um, we sort of went down in full wetsuits and we were going for our swim and some people in the water kind of look at us going, we don't usually wear wetsuits going in full wetsuits and things, but they're still really welcoming and saying, you know, come come in. Like, what are you doing? And then off you went, like... like... Yeah. Actually, <laughs> I would just like to bring up an incident. Maybe you're the person <laughs> to, uh, to talk to yeah, about come this. On. So obviously we know you and you know what we do. So, you know, we're turning up and we're going to disappear and swim down the coast, all that sort of thing. So, you know, we've now a mate of ours who swims with us and we're like, oh, we'll go, we'll go do a Panath to Lavernock swim. We're going to time it with, um, we're going to time it with uh, Sunrise. It'll be nice. You know, Killer Tom, who has been swimming with us now for the last eight months or so. Hip-hop elite um, in Cardiff. Hip-hop elite, of course, you know Killer Tom, hip-hop DJ. We know him again from another life. It's 15, 20 years ago. All these um, people who ended up in the sea. <laughs> and now he's in the sea with us, you know, and now he's swimming with us doing what we do. So we were like, oh, we'll go down. We'll time it and say hi to Grant, all that sort of stuff. He'd not been there before. So we rock up. It's like 7 a.m. about a month ago or maybe a few weeks ago. So it's getting cold now. It's like wetsuits on, you know, gloves, boots, everything. And... Um, He's like, yeah, quite excited. Been sold the story. We park on the on the on the hill, jump out the car. We literally have made it about three steps down towards the slip, and there's a car of like sixty-year-old women who've just had their dip. One of them winds down the window, goes, "You cowards! <laughs> Look at you! What are you doing in wetsuits?" His face dropped. You know, I'm like. <laughs> And Tom is a tank. He's an absolute <laughs> man-mountain powerlifting man. He rips wetsuits weekly. He's he a huge literally man. does rip wetsuits. The guy is a beast. But that he, is um, class. He just like his his face went white. <laughs> I I mean I think or I always think you, you guys are gonna motor off into the distance and put everyone you know everyone's mouths drop to the floor when you disappear off. But anyone who wants to get in the sea, if a wetsuit's what's gonna get you in, wear one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's gonna. I think I don't. I, there's a TripAdvisor review coming your way, man. I don't think he's like. I don't know if he's gonna be a repeat offender. Can it, it, if he if he can put it up, can it can it be signed off by DJ Killer Tomato? That would <laughs> be the highlight of it. I'm trying to remember his name. Um, he, he's a he's an ex ex skater who puts out like reviews of uh, Cardiff and valleys and surrounding spaces. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and he did a review of Panath and and, and Dawnstalkers, and I said, was he was he having too nice a day, or was he too hungover because it was really pleasant? <laughs> so, <laughs> so bring on the bring on the TripAdvisor reviews. I, I liked him until he absolutely slated where I live. So yeah, I know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> For reference, uh, where's that? <laughs> Panath. <laughs> 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 so obviously we've talked a lot about it uh how do people get involved what 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 do they do they want to go for a cold dip just show what, so, okay so but don't stop is just it, the, the, I, I always message people back when they ask and it's just show up and and that's you know there's a i like a play on words you know there's there's you can just turn up and come in you know there's going to be someone there which is is the great part of what the platform's kind of done. 
Um, there is someone there every day. Uh, but you know, you're also you've got to if you're if you've committed, you've got to show up for yourself and get in because you're the only person who's going to carry yourself in, particularly at, when temperatures are are what they are at the minute. It's you know, it's it's hard and it's it's hard every day to walk in. Yeah. You know, you know, you put your wetsuit on and think, I don't want to do this until you get get in and get going. Um, but I think cold water dipping swimming. It, find a group of people so it's not advisable to do it on your own mainly because if you get into trouble you want someone there to tell someone else about it or to pull you out it's been a pleasure talking to you it is a saturday evening uh and it is half past eight and we do need to uh go make dinner for the kids you're in the sea tomorrow morning oh it looks good tomorrow yep it's nice in winter sunrises are easier, eh? Yeah. And, well, and you never know what you're going to get as well. I think there's a there's an element of beauty in that when you when particularly when it looks half and half, but it you know you, your assumption is it's not going to be great, and you turn up and it's uh, it's epic. It's um, you feel it's like it's an extra win. You've beaten everyone up. You, you've 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 showed up and got something that no one else has, and. Uh, yeah when it comes to winter it's just getting in is a win isn't it it doesn't really matter what you're doing just getting in in the sea and swimming for 45 minutes or dipping for a minute whatever in or in and out out of a wetsuit it's just getting in is a win and you get the same feeling after you know yeah and it's you know it's a it's a building block or a a pillar of you know whatever you're doing next yeah yeah, if you've done that to start. Yeah, absolutely. It's a building block of my yeah. day, for sure. Yeah. We're the same. We do most of our swims in the morning, you know, around the tides, <laughs> but aimed, aiming for the morning. And, and it's the best way to start the day. Any final kind of words you want to say on record? Just the, the cold water has contributed so much to me. I'd, you know, I'd recommend, assuming that... We all have to say this, but if you don't have any underlying heart conditions or you've checked yourself out or if your doctor has said it's going to be okay, who actually asked their doctor whether it's okay to go? But there are so many positives from it. I think it's really worth at least investigating it and having a go, even if you hate it and say, I'm not doing it again. It's um, it, it's a pretty easy life hack that um, it makes a massive difference. Swim Roots is a production brought to you by Swim Wild Wales and SWA, Swimmers with Attitude. Your hosts are me, Bryce Davis, and Nicholas Young. Additional production and original music by Tom Clugston. Visit swimwildwales.com for information on open water swim coaching, events and guiding, or follow us on social media to keep up to date with our open water swim expeditions and adventures. Thanks for listening.